0: Food We're in Japan. Why are you watching videos? Just using my phone to find our next meal. What's that? Let's find out. With my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra, I can circle it with the S Pen and search right in the app. It looks like it's called takoyaki. Tell- Actually, it's fried octopus. (laughs) I knew that. Circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Get yours now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Ooh, we're heating up, fam. You just can't miss bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. On New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It goes down. Welcome back everyone to 1001 Greatest Love Stories. Today's story, Andy Page's Rival, by Australian author Henry Lawson. Lawson was one of the best-known Australian poets and short story writers of the colonial period. He was born in South New Wales, which was called Pipe Lay when his parents met during the gold rush. His mother was the poet and feminist Louisa Lawson. His father, a miner, was born in Norway. Due to chronic ear infections, Henry became completely deaf, relying upon reading to complete his education. He particularly enjoyed the works of Charles Dickens, Frederick Marriott, and Bret Hart. And now, Andy Page's Rival, by Henry Lawson. Tall and freckled and sandy, face of a country lout, that was the picture of Andy, Middleton's rouseabout on Middleton's wide dominions, piled the stock whip and shears. Hadn't any opinions. And he hadn't any ideas, at least he said so himself, except as regarded anything that looked to him like what he called funny business, under which heading he catalogued tyranny, treachery, interference with the library of the subject by the subject, blanky lies, or swindles, all things in short, it seemed to his slow understanding dishonest mean or paltry most especially and above all treachery to a mate that he could never forget andy was uncomfortably straight his mind worked slowly and his decisions were as a rule right and just and when he once came to a conclusion concerning any man or matter or decided upon a course of action nothing short of an earthquake or a never-tire cyclone, could move him back an inch, unless a conviction were severely shaken, and then he would require as much time to back to his starting point as he did to come to the decision. Andy had come to a conclusion with regard to a selector's daughter, named Lizzie Porter, who lived and slaved on her father's selection, near the township corner of the run on which Andy was a general hand. "'He had been in the habit for several years "'of calling casually at the selector's house "'as he rode to and fro between the station and the town "'to get a drink of water "'and exchange the time of day "'with old porter and his missus. "'The conversation concerned the drought "'and the likelihood, or otherwise, "'of their ever going to get a little rain, "'or about porter's cattle, "'with an occasional inquiry concerning, "'or reference to, "'a stray cow belonging to the selection, "'but preferring the run.' a little plump, saucy, white cow, by the way, practically pure white, but referred to by Andy, who had some pretty sharp eyes, as Old Speck Lady. No one else could detect a spot or speckle on her at a casual glance. Then, after a long bovine silence, which would have been painfully embarrassing in any other society, and a tilting of his cabbage-tree hat forward, which came of tickling and scratching the sun-blotched nape of his neck with his little finger, Andy would slowly say, "'Ah, well, I must be getting. "'So long, Mr. Porter. "'So long, Mrs. Porter.' "'And if she were in evidence, "'as she generally was on such occasions, "'So long, Lizzie. "'And they'd shout, "'So long, Andy!' "'As he galloped off from the jump. "'Strange that those shy, quiet, "'gentle-voiced bushmen "'seemed the hardest and most reckless riders. "'But of late his horse had been seen "'hanging up outside Porter's "'for an hour or so after sunset. "'He smoked, talked over the results of the last drought, if it happened to rain, and the possibilities of the next one, and played cards with Old Border, who took to winking, automatically, at his old woman, and nudging and jerking his thumb in the direction of Lizzie when her back was turned, and Andy was scratching the nape of his neck and staring at the cards. Lizzie told a lady friend of mine, years afterwards, how Andy popped the question. Told it in her quiet way. You know Lizzie's quiet way. Something of the old privileged house-cat about her, never assigned an expression or tone to show whether she herself saw or appreciated the humor of anything she was telling, no matter how comical it might be. She had witnessed two tragedies, and had found a dead man in the bush, and related the incidents as though they were commonplace. It happened one day, after Andy had been coming two or three times a week for about a year, that she found herself sitting with him on a log of the wood-heap in the cool of the evening "'enjoying the sunset breeze. "'Andy's arm had got rounder, "'just as it might have gone round a post "'he happened to be leaning against. "'They hadn't been talking about anything in particular. "'Andy said he wouldn't be surprised "'if they had a thunderstorm before morning. "'It had been so smothering hot all day. "'And Lizzie said, "'Very likely. "'Andy smoked a good while. "'Then he said, "'Ah, well, it's a weary world.' "'Lizzie didn't say anything. "'By and by, Andy said, "'Ah, well, it's a lonely world, Lizzie. "'Do you feel lonely, Andy?' asked Lizzie, after a while. "'Yes, Lizzie, I do. "'Lizzie let herself settle, a little, against him, "'without either seeming to notice it. "'And after a while she said softly, "'So do I, Andy.' "'Andy knocked the ashes from his pipe "'very slowly and deliberately.' and put it away. Then he seemed to brighten suddenly, and said briskly, "'Well, Lizzie, are you satisfied?' "'Yes, Andy, I'm satisfied.' "'Quite sure now?' "'Yes, I'm quite sure, Andy. I'm perfectly satisfied.' "'Well then, Lizzie, it's settled.' But today, a couple of months after the proposal described above, Andy had trouble on his mind— "'and the trouble was connected with Lizzie Porter. "'He was putting up a two-rail fence "'along the old log paddock on the frontage "'and working like a man in trouble, "'trying to work it off his mind, "'and evidently not succeeding, "'for the last two panels were out of line. "'He was ramming a post. "'And he rammed honestly, "'from the bottom of the hole, "'not the last few shovelfuls below the surface, "'as some do. "'He was ramming the last layer of clay "'when a cloud of white dust came along the road.' paused, and drifted or poured off into the scrub, leaving long Dave Bentley, the horse-breaker, on his last victim. "'Hello, Andy. Grafton.' "'I want to speak to you, Dave,' said Andy, in a strange voice. "'Ah, all right,' said Dave, rather puzzled. He got down, wondering what was up, and hung his horse to the last post but one. Dave was Andy's opposite in one respect, "'He jumped to conclusions, as women do, "'but, unlike women, he was mostly wrong. "'He was an old chum and mate of Andy's "'who had always liked, admired, and trusted him, "'but now to his helpless surprise. "'Andy went on scraping the earth from the surface "'with his long-handled shovel "'and heaping it conscientiously round the butt of the post, "'his face like a block of wood, and his lips set grimly. "'Dave broke out first. With bush odes. What's the matter with you? Spit it out. What have I been doing to you? What you got your rag out about, anyway? Andy faced him suddenly, with hatred for funny business flashing in his eyes. What did you say to my sister Mary about Lizzie Porter? Dave started. Then he whistled long and low. Whistles. Spit it all out, Andy, he advised. You said she was traveling with a feller. Well, what's the harm in that? Everybody knows that— If any crawler says a word about Lizzie Porter, look here. Me and you's got to fight, David Bentley. Then, with a still greater vehemence, as though he had a share in the garment, take off that coat first. Not if I know it, said Dave, with a sudden quietness that comes to brave but headstrong and impulsive men at a critical moment. Me and you ain't gonna fight, Andy. And— with sudden energy. If you try it, I'll knock you into gym rags. Then, stepping close to Andy, and taking him by the arm, Andy, this thing will have to be fixed up. Come here. I want to talk to you. And he led him some paces aside, inside the boundary line, which seemed a ludicrously unnecessary precaution, seeing that there was no one within sight or hearing, save Dave's horse. Now look here, Andy. Let's have it over. What's the matter with you and Lizzie Porter?' I'm traveling with her, that's all, and we're going to get married in two years. Dave gave vent to another long, low whistle. He seemed to think and make up his mind. Now, look here, Andy. We're old mates, ain't we? Yeah, I know that. And you think I'd tell you a blanky lie, a crawl behind your back? Do you? Spit it out. No, no, I don't. I've always stuck up for you, Andy. Andy. And why, I fought for you behind your back. I know that, Dave. There's my hand on it. Andy took his friend's hand mechanically, but gripped it hard. Now, Andy, I'll tell you straight. It's Gore's truth about Lizzie Porter. They stood as they were for a full minute, hands clasped, Andy with his jaw dropped and staring in a dazed sort of way at Dave. He raised his disengaged hand helplessly to his thatch gulped suspiciously, and asked in a broken voice, uh, h- How do you know that, Dave? Know it, Andy. i seen him myself. You did, Dave? In a tone that suggested sorrow more than anger at Dave's part in seeing of them. Gore's truth, Andy. Tell me, Dave. Who is the feller? That's all I want to know. I can't tell you that. I only seen him when I was cantering past in the dusk. Well, then how'd you know it was a man at all? Ed wore trousers, anyway. and was as big as you, so it couldn't have been a girl. I'm pretty safe to swear it was Mick Kelly. I saw his horse hanging up at Porter's once or twice. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll find out for you, Andy. And what's more, I'll job him for you if I catch him. Andy said nothing. His hands clenched and his chest heaved. Dave laid a friendly hand on his shoulder. It's red hot, Andy. I know. Anybody else but you and I wouldn't have cared. But don't be a fool. There's any gore's quantity of girls knocking round. You just give it to her straight and chuck her and have done with it. You must be bad off to bother about her. Gore's truth. She ain't much to look at anyway. I got a ride like blazes to catch the coach. Don't knock off till I come back. I won't be above an hour. I'm going to give you some points in case you've got to fight Mick and I'll have to be there to back you. And thus, taking the right moment, instinctively, he jumped on his horse and galloped on towards town. We'll be back right after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use my promo code 1001Stories at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001Stories at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. A new equation for switching on outcomes is here from PWC. It's human led and tech powered. It's PwC with Oracle, SAP, Salesforce, and Workday. It's PwC with Microsoft, AWS, and Google. Simplify your systems and amplify your results. Switch on outcomes with PwC and their alliances. Learn more at pwc.com. And now we return to Andy's Rival by Henry Lawson. His dust cloud had scarcely disappeared round a corner of the paddocks when Andy was aware of another one coming toward him. He had a dazed idea that it was Dave coming back, but went on digging another post hole, mechanically, until a spring cart rattled up and stopped opposite him. Then he lifted his head. It was Lizzie herself, driving home from town. She turned towards him with her usual faint smile. Her small features were washed out and rather haggard. "Hello, Andy.' But at the sight of her, all his hatred of funny business intensified, perhaps by a sense of personal injury. And it came to a head, and he exploded. Look here, Lizzie Porter. I know all about you. You need not think you're going to cotton on with me any more after this. I wouldn't be seen in a paddock with you. I'm satisfied about you. Get on out of here. The girl stared at him for a moment, thunderstruck. Then she lambed into the old horse with a stick she carried in place of a whip. She cried and wondered what she'd done and trembled so that she could scarcely unharness the horse and wondered if Andy had got a touch of the sun and went in and sat down and cried again. And pride came to her aid and she hated Andy, thought of her big brother, away drovin, and made a cup of tea. She shed tears over the tea and went through it all again. Meanwhile Andy was suffering a reaction. He started to fill the hole before he put the post in. "'then to ram the post before the rails were in position. "'Dubbing off the ends of the rails, "'he was in danger of amputating a toe or a foot "'with every stroke of the axe. "'And, at last, trying to squint along the little lumps of clay "'which he had placed in the center of the top of each post "'for several panels back, to assist him to take a line, "'he found that they swam and doubled. "'Something was wrong with his sight. "'They ran off in watery angles, "'for his eyes were too moist to see straight and single.' Then he threw down the tools hopelessly and was standing helplessly undecided whether to go home or go down to the creek and drown himself when Dave turned up again. Seen her? asked Dave. Yes, said Andy. Did you chuck her? Look here, Dave. Are you sure the fellow was Mick Kelly? I never said I was. How was I to know? It was dark. You don't expect I'd fox a feller I see doing a bit of bear up to a girl, do you? "'It might have been you, for all I knowed. "'I suppose she's been talking you round?' "'No, she ain't,' said Andy. "'But look here, Dave. "'I was properly gone on that girl. "'I was, and, and I want to be sure I'm right.' "'The business was getting altogether too psychological for Dave Bentley. "'Well, you might as well,' he rapped out. "'Call me a liar right now.' "'Tain't that at all, Dave.' "'I want to get at who the feller is. "'That's what I want to get at now. "'Where'd you see them, and when?' "'I seen them anniversary night "'along the road, near Ross's farm, "'and I seen em Sunday night afore that, "'in the trees near the old culvert, "'near Porter's sliprails, "'and I seen em one night outside Porter's, "'on a log near the wood heap. "'They was thick that time, "'and bearing up proper, and no mistake, "'so I can swear to her. "'Now are you satisfied about her?' But Andy was wildly pitchforking his thatch under his hat, with all ten fingers, and staring at Dave, who began to regard him uneasily. Then there came to Andy's eyes an awful glare, which caused Dave to step back hastily. Good God, Andy, are you going, ratty? No, cried Andy, wildly. Then what the blazes is the matter with you? You'll have rats if you don't look out. Jiminy, Froth, that was me you saw. What? It was me was with her all them nights. It was me that you seen. Why, I popped the question on the wood heap. Dave was taken too suddenly to whistle this time. And you went for her just now? Yes! yelled Andy. Well, you've done it. Yeah, said Andy hopelessly. I've done it. Dave whistled now a very long, low whistle. Well, you're a blooming goat, Andy, after this. But this thing will have to be fixed up. And he cantered away. Poor Andy was too badly knocked to notice the abruptness of Dave's departure, or to see that he turned to the slip rails on the track that led to Porter's. Half an hour later, Andy appeared at Porter's back door, with an expression on his face as though the funeral was to start in ten minutes. In a tone befitting such an occasion, he wanted to see Lizzie. Dave had been there with the laudable determination of fixing the business up, and had, of course, succeeded in making it much worse than it was before. But Andy made it all right. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Greatest Love Stories. A well-written short story by Henry Lawson, the kind of short story that you wish would go on and on. Thank you so much for joining us at 1001 Greatest Love Stories. Our short stories come out every Wednesday night, except in the rare instances where I miss one by a couple days. Right now, we're still pretty much new and growing, so we really could use your reviews, Apple listeners, and you're always allowed to suggest new authors and stories. Everybody stay safe, and we'll be back next week.